Good morning. morning. Welcome to Stony Creek United Methodist Church. I am Pastor Michael. I'm very happy to see you all here on this second Sunday after Pentecost. Notice anything different? (laughs) Sorry. I'm really excited about that. Um, You'll get to see a couple different ones over the next couple weeks because I have the ones that you gave me and then several others that others have given me. But the boys wanted me to wear this one today because the other side has Super Mario Brothers on it. So... (laughs) which now I'm going to have to do a sermon series on the gospel according to Mario. Um, We'll get to that later. Anywho, um, before we get into all our other announcements, I wanted to ask Dave to come up and give you some information about annual conference and tell you all the fun stuff we did. Good morning, church. I bring you... Greetings from the 2023rd Michigan Annual Conference. It was very quiet this year. Usually there's a lot of ruckus and debate and so forth. It was really quiet this year. There was two moves or motions that were tabled. One of them had to do with third grade reading efficiency in local communities, and the other was recognizing the unborn baby. They were both tabled indefinitely. The rest of the legislation passed, and one of the exciting moments of the night was June 3rd when I saw Pastor Reverend Michael William Vollmer ordained. It was very impressive. (laughs) Something else that might interest you all from the conference was the disaffiliation of Methodist churches. There are 60 churches that have chosen to be disinfected. And of the 60, one of them is not going to be charged a fee because they are joining the Free Methodist Church. The rest of the churches, when they disaffiliate, they are required to have two-thirds of the congregation vote in favor of leaving at a church conference. They pay two years' worth of Payment of equal compensation, two times the ministry, two times the, I'm sorry, minister's share and less waived. And the church that moved from our United Methodist to the Free Methodist was waived of it because the Free Methodist is really part of the United Methodist. Um, something that really concerns me, though, more is the churches that are no longer churches that are abandoned or closed and a few years back I saw or was with Stony Creek when they celebrated their 175th anniversary some of these churches that have been left or have left the conference because they're closed are churches that are really old. Um, One of the churches that I attended before I moved out here was Diamonddale United Methodist. That was really a going church. And I think if we want to keep Stony Creek alive for our 200th anniversary, which is only 20 years away, that we should try to encourage more people to join. When you're talking with people, just say, hey, what's new? Are you going to church? If they say no, sort of invite them to our church. Um, something else that came up 
was past their salaries. And the list that they gave us was the minimum that a pastor can be paid. The rest is up to the churches. If you have any questions, I'll be around. And thank you for listening. And thank you, Dave, for being our representative at annual conference. Um, he, he's right. It was actually a very calm conference. Um, it was kind of scary. I was expecting some drama, but we didn't really have any. It was nice. Everybody behaved like Christians. Um, go figure. <coughs> um, one really big announcement before I uh, go to someone else who probably has several announcements. Uh, the board of directors and I and our district superintendent have been trying to work through a couple things, and one of those things we finally have figured out. Starting July 2nd, that's the first Sunday in July, we will be worshiping at 1045. So you don't have to get up as early, unless you want to. Um, and we're going to go through the summer, see how that all goes. Uh, we have had several families who have expressed to us they would like to come and worship with us, but the 9 o'clock start time is just too hard. Uh, with their kids. And we also have some of our current members who can't get up that early either. So um, I'm really looking forward to the opportunity to seeing some new faces and some old faces, although that sounds bad to say it that way. Um, some not seen faces. Yeah, we'll go with that. Um, so I'll make sure that comes out in the email with the bulletins and we'll throw stuff on Facebook and all the other stuff to keep reminding you. But starting in July, 1045. Barb, do you have stuff? Just, just a couple. Okay. Um, there's a sign-up sheet in the back for the lunch that we usually do on the fourth Wednesday of the month. Um, it'll be June 28th at 1130 over at the Cracker Barrel in Belleville off of the I-94 service drive. And then the uh, first summer play date is on Thursday, June 22nd from 2 until 4. And um, just plan, even the adults, just plan on getting wet. It's going to be wet. We're going to have a lot of water. That's really all I can say. Water, water, water. So. Did you have something, Bob? We're ushers for July and uh, August. Okay. end of the year carnival um, and they have offered us a table if we want to work a game um, and pass out flyers about uh, the food pantry and play days um, so I am able to do a good chunk of it but I'm looking for help basically we'd be sitting by a inflatable game that would be up and running and we would just make sure there's not like 80 people on it at once um, <laughs> nice and calm uh, there'll be tables and chairs to sit at it's from five o'clock to eight o'clock so if anyone is interested in helping for all or part of that time just see me after church all right anybody else got anything for the good of the cause going once twice sold awesome well, that is some of the business, the ministry, the fun that we have here. If you ever have a question about anything we are doing, please don't hesitate to reach out either to myself or to the person you heard talking about it. Um, I also want to do a 
A welcome to those of you who are joining us online via Facebook or our podcast or one of the other ways that you connect with us. And I'm going to turn things over to our praise band to get us started. Good morning. We have two praise songs to share this morning. The first one you will find in the uh, thin black hymnal that you'll find in front of you or near you in the pew. Grab the black hymnal, 2023, and we will share that together, singing it twice. So if you could stand, we'll sing How Majestic Is Your Name, 2023, and then we, we will be seated for our second song the family of God, which is in your bulletin.
Good morning, my name is Fonda. I will be the liturgist today. And I invite all of you that are able to stand with me as we read together our opening prayer. Holiness, word, power, you reveal yourself as one God in three persons, a mighty, creative, life-generating dancer who invites your creation to join you. Catch us up in your love and lead us into your world to call others to follow you with singing and rejoicing. Amen. You may be seated. Jesus sends his disciples into the world to bless all by his grace. With God's love in the Holy Spirit, let us make this our offering to God.
if you would rise as you are able and join us in our doxology number 95 in the hymnal. that you have given us we thank you gracious God for day and night evening and morning for land and sea for fish and birds plants and animals for humankind and for your son who came among us with the gift of life abundant let your Holy Spirit abide in our midst and work through our gifts that all people may have joy and peace in Jesus name amen you may be seated. It is now a time for all of God's children. I'd like to invite our children and youth to come on up. And remember, you are all children of God, so everyone's invited to come hang out. Oh, good morning. So, how's everybody doing? Good. You awake? Yeah. No. No. That's pretty good. You're, you're up and moving. All right, so the second song that we sang this morning, do you remember what, it, what, it, what the big theme of it was, what we kept singing in there? About how we're the family of God. So, so who's in a family usually? Who's in a family? But like, like the names of, yeah, like who, who's in a family? A mom, a dad, a, sometimes a sister, but a daughter's an animal. Okay. Who else? Yeah, pets. Who else? What about... Would Nana and Papa be in the family? Or Grandma and Grandpa? Yeah. So, so there's lots of people in families, right? So do you have a big family or a little family? A little family. You have a little family? Are you sure? We have a big one. You think you have a big family? What about you? We have a big family. Well, I think we, we do have a big family. Um, but we're also all part of an even bigger family. That's the family of God. Because you guys hear me all the time say that we are the children of God. We are God's children, and God loves us. And so all of us are brothers and sisters because of Jesus, because he loved us so much. And he did all that amazing stuff for us. So that means that, AJ, you are Connor's brother in Jesus. And Molly, you are DeAndre's sister in Jesus. What do you think about that? Ben. 
that also means that I am your brother in Jesus. Yeah. So, what's one of the best things about family? What's one of your favorite things about family? love us, they take care of us, they help us. What else? They give us things. They give us things, yes. Yeah. They're nice to us, hopefully, yeah. They give us love, that's right. Yeah. Say it again. Family is the greatest gift of all. I think you're right. So, when we have people in our family, we love them, right? Even if they maybe make us a little crazy sometimes, right? So, don't make that face at her. Um, So, that means even people around us in our lives, if they maybe make us a little crazy or they hurt our feelings, we still have to love them because they're still part of our family. Okay? You guys think you can do that? Okay. Now, we're not going to do the Lord's Prayer right now. We're going to do it later when we do communion, okay? But I want you guys to think today about all the people in your life and think about how they are part of our family, okay? Can you do that for me? All right. You guys can have a sucker if you want one. And then you need to head back to your adults. One day. (laughs) If the rest of you would rise as you are able and join in singing hymn number 64, Holy, Holy, Holy Lord God Almighty.
You may be seated. Now is the time that we bring before God and God's people the things that weigh upon our hearts and our minds as well as those that give us cause for celebration. Do we have any joys or concerns we'd like to lift up this morning? Hi, my stepbrother, James, that lives in Arizona, um, is still going through chemo. He's having a rough time of it. He does have bone marrow. Um, he did have a bone marrow transplant somewhat, but his bones are very frail. So his name's James, and he's in Arizona, and I like prayers for him. And also, let's pray for some rain, because we really need it in this area. So uh, pray for rain. I found out Friday night that my sister-in-law, my brother's wife, had been taken to the ER with what they thought was kidney stones. Saturday morning found out it was gallstones and surgery had been scheduled and that was the last I heard. So prayers for the McKenzie family, thank you. I'd like to ask prayers for my friend Tracy who is the pre-K teacher at Stony Creek 2. So the opposite of what I do, we've been co-workers for many years. Um, but her husband passed away Thursday in his sleep. And she's about five years younger than me. I don't know how old he was, but prayers for Tracy Dickinson and her family. All right, if you would please turn to number 2068 in your black hymnal of faith we sing for open our eyes as our invitation to prayer. <laughs> hear me say the words, God of all goodness, I invite you to reply with hear our prayer. In accord with God's command that we hold dominion over creation, let us pray for the church, the world, and all for whom we are called to be stewards, saying, God of all goodness, hear our prayer. We give you thanks, O God, for our world which you have made and renewed in the power of Jesus' resurrection. Make us wise and careful of your gifts as we live on the earth. We pray for rain, rain to help our crops, to help 
our animals to help us. Let it wash over the land the way your Holy Spirit washes over all creation. God of all goodness, hear our prayer. We pray that the love which passes ceaselessly between the Father and the Son in the fellowship of the Holy Spirit may renew and deepen the life of each Christian and draw us all into your unending life. God of all goodness, hear our prayers. For the leaders of the church, for Protestants, Roman Catholics, and the Orthodox, for Sunday school children and youth, for the elderly whose wise counsel is sorely needed in all ages, and for all ecumenical endeavors that seek to bring us closer to each other and to you. God of all goodness, hear our prayer. For earth and all creatures and plants, for healthy water and air and soil, for policies and laws that regard our home and God's universe as a precious gift. God of all goodness, hear our prayer. For our families, our households, and our communities, that your life together, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, may show us the like importance of each of us, and so strengthen us in your grace and truth. God of all goodness, hear our prayer. For the sick and those who suffer in any way, for those who struggle to pay rent or a mortgage, for those who have no home, for those who are neglected and abused in our communities, for people who long for family and are instead alone, for children who do not have a good guide to raise them up, for those whose families have grown, grown smaller, and for whatever else you see that we need. We especially lift up James and Mackenzie and Tracy and her entire family. God of all goodness, hear our prayer. For all those needs still unnamed but placed before you now in our hearts and minds, God of all goodness, hear our prayer. Into your hands we entrust all that is of concern this day, sure that you hear our pleas, grateful that your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. We pray this in the name of the Savior, Jesus Christ, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. And if you would please join me in our prayer for illumination. Sing into our ears, O Spirit, the holy word of life. Tell us who we are and to whom we belong, so that we may live with gratitude for all that you have done. Amen. Our first scripture this morning comes to us from the Old Testament, the book of Psalms, 
Psalm 8. O Lord, our Lord, your majestic name fills the earth. Your glory is higher than the heavens. You have taught children and infants to tell of your strength, silencing our enemies and all who oppose you. When I look at the night sky and see the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars you have set in place, what are mere mortals that you should think of them, human beings that you should care for them? Yet you made them only a little lower than God and crowned them with glory and honor. You gave him charge of everything you made, putting all things under their authority, the flocks and the herds and all the wild animals, the birds in the sky, the fish in the sea, and everything that swims the ocean currents. O Lord, our Lord, your majestic name fills the earth. This is the word of God for the people of God. Praise be to God. At this time, I invite you to turn uh, to find the page number. Uh, it's found in our red hymnal, page 688, God that made us earth and heaven. Stand if you are able, Red Hymnal 688. Our second scripture reading for today can be found on page one. Page one. 
of your Bible, um, pretty much in any of the Bibles, whether it's ones in the pews or another one, because we're starting at Genesis 1. <coughs> Excuse me. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Now the earth was formless and empty. Darkness was over the surface of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. And God said, let there be light. And there was light. God saw that the light was good, and he separated the light from the darkness. God called the light day, and the darkness he called night. And there was evening, and there was morning the first day. And God said, let there be a vault between the waters to separate water from water. So God made the vault and separated the water under the vault from the water above it, and it was so. God called the vault sky, and there was evening and morning the second day. And God said, let the water under the sky be gathered to one place, and let dry ground appear, and it was so. God called the dry ground land, and the gathered waters he called seas. And God saw that it was good. And then God said, let the land produce vegetation, seed-bearing plants and trees on the land that bear fruit with seed in it, according to their various kinds, and it was so. The land produced vegetation, plants bearing seed according to their kinds, and trees bearing fruit with seed in it according to their kinds. And God saw that it was good, and there was evening, and there was morning the third day. And God said, let there be lights in the vault of the sky to separate the day from the night, and let them serve as signs to mark sacred times and days and years, and let them be lights in the vault of the sky to give light to the earth. And it was so. God made two great lights, the greater light to govern the day and the lesser light to govern the night. He also made the stars. God set them in the vault of the sky to give light on the earth, to govern the day and the night, and to separate light from darkness. And God saw that it was good. And there was evening and there was morning the fourth day. And God said, let the water teem with living creatures, and let birds fly above the earth across the vault of the sky. So God created the great creatures of the sea and every living thing with which the water teems, and that moves about in it according to their kinds, and with every winged bird according to its kind. And God saw that it was good. God blessed them and said, Be fruitful and increase in number, and fill the water in the seas, and let the birds increase on the earth. And there was evening, and there was morning the fifth day. And God said, Let the land produce living creatures according to their kinds, the livestock, the creatures that move along the ground, and the wild animals, each according to its kind. And it was so. God made the wild animals according to their kinds, the livestock according to their kinds, and all the creatures that move along the ground according to their kinds. And God saw that it was good. Then God said, Let us make mankind in our image, in our likeness, so that they may rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky, over the livestock and all the wild animals, and over all creation that move along the ground. So God created mankind in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. God blessed them and said to them, Be fruitful and increase in number. Fill the earth and subdue it. Rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky and over every living creature that moves on the ground. 
Then God said, I give you every seed-bearing plant on the face of the whole earth and every tree that has fruit with seed in it. They will be yours for food. And to all the beasts of the earth and all the birds in the sky and all the creatures that move along the ground, everything that has breath of life in it, I give every green plant for food. And it was so. God saw all that he had made, and it was very good. And there was evening, and there was morning the sixth day. Thus the heavens and the earth were completed in all their vast array. By the seventh day, God had finished the work he had been doing. So on the seventh day, he rested from all his work. Then God blessed the seventh day and made it holy, because on it he rested from all the work of creating that he had done. This is the account of the heavens and the earth when they were created, when the Lord God made the heavens and the earth, the earth and the heavens. This is the word of God for the people of God. If you would please join me once again in an attitude of prayer. Wonderful creating God, you have brought all things into being. You have revealed yourself to us, your children, and continue to work to reconcile us to you. You are all-powerful, all-knowing, all-being, and you are also the Trinity, the Holy God, three in one, God the Creator, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. In the midst of this powerful mystery, help us to come to know you better and to be beacons of love and light to all the world. And now may the words of my mouth, the meditations of our hearts together in this place, be pleasing in your sight, O God, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Well, good morning again to you all, and I am thankful to be back here with all of you. Annual conference was good this year, as Dave and I told you. Um, I especially enjoyed it, as I was ordained an elder in full connection. But also, because it was a good time to connect with friends and colleagues, and a time for working through some of the important business of our denomination. I am so thankful that you are able to join us today, whether in person or virtually, online. I want you to always know that you are each a blessing to this world and beloved children of God and siblings in Christ Jesus. You and all others are worthy of being mercy, love, and grace. You are always and forever loved unconditionally by God, and there is nothing that you can do to lose that love or separate yourself from God's grace. This morning we're going to start our new sermon series that will go from today through to the 12th Sunday after Pentecost. Over these 11 weeks, we're going to be spending this part of the service engaging with this series titled Family Reunion. Summer tends to be the, the time usually for family reunions. Now, for some of us, family reunions are fun and fulfilling, chance to see relatives you haven't seen in a while. But for others, they can be uncomfortable or even painful. And ironically, either of those realities are influenced by the people that we see at these gatherings. We all have some dysfunction in our families. It's part of the human experience. We probably all have some stories that we would rather not share. 
in the story of uh, stories of Genesis, we discover God's chosen family. Those very first generations of Israel, they had struggles, secrets, sibling rivalries, and in some cases, even threats of murder. Fun times, right? As we explore these rich and ancient stories, we will see how God works through and in spite of family dysfunction to bring about God's purpose for the world. And hopefully, as we work through these stories together, we're going to find hope for God's presence and movement in our own families. These series, or this series, should give us an opportunity to talk about family in all its many dimensions and forms. Of course, it is important for us to remember, um, excuse me, to not talk about family in a way that would exclude those who are single, divorced, or in families that don't conform to the mom, dad, two kids, and a dog model. So today we're going to focus our efforts around the words from the book of Genesis that I have just read to you as we start our series with a message titled, God's Perfect Family. I can remember from an early age wondering what all the different symbols and and other things that decorated the sanctuary where I went to church were. There seemed to be countless different images and symbols all over the place, from the stained glass windows to the pyramids and the cloths on the altar. And I noticed that when we would go to a different church, maybe for uh, an event or something special for another family member, you'd see even more symbols sometimes or completely different ones. Now, obviously I understood what the cross was for, And I learned about the the fish symbol as it had been gaining popularity among Christians, again, kind of a revival when I was younger, showing up on bumper stickers and and clothing all over the place. But there was one that, that I didn't learn about until around confirmation classes. And it was the kind of triangle shape. I felt like I had seen it somewhere before, And at least the ones in the church we were attending at that time, they made me think of kind of a connection to Irish symbols somehow. There was kind of a Celtic, Gaelic design almost to it. Ironically, I had been taught all about the Trinity, God three in one, early in my Sunday school classes. But I didn't know that this symbol was a representation of the Trinity until I was a younger teenager. We never spoke much about the various symbols and images that adorned the sanctuary until we got into confirmation class. I also remember the first time I preached about the Trinity, and I had to come up with a children's message for that same day. And I sat in my office racking my brain for for some kind of comparison that would at least be close enough without also being heretical in some way. And I can tell you it was frustrating and even nerve-wracking. I had just completed three years of intense seminary coursework, 
studying different theologies and church history and doctrine and so much more. And yet I, I struggled to come up with how I was going to explain to several young children about this whole Trinity God three in one. I mean, yes, I could tell them how God is still a mystery to us in many ways. But something told me was I wasn't getting it off quite that easily with this crowd. Now, thankfully, at that time, I was able to reach out to a friend and colleague who leads children's ministries. And, and she gave me something that I, I think in the end satisfied the children's curiosity, or at least at that moment it did. Um, they seemed to nod and go along with what I was saying. She gave me the analogy that the Trinity is like an egg. Eggs are a single thing, yet they have three distinct parts, the shell, the white part, and the yolk. Similarly, God is also one, but then also three, God, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit. You can also do this with an apple, with three parts being the skin, the flesh, and the seeds. The egg thing, though, kind of works nice when you think about Easter. But where these comparisons fail is that with an apple, the three members are just three different parts, and they are not equal. They do not share the same nature. The same is true for an egg. But in our understanding of the Trinity, all three parts are equal and of the same nature. When we look at it, the doctrine of the Trinity is a beautiful gift to the church. But let's be honest, we were often so baffled by its mystery, so paralyzed even by our inability to, to fully explain it, that we tend to just avoid the subject altogether. I would be lying if I said that many a preacher is thankful that Trinity Sunday only comes once a year. But the liturgical calendar does give us the yearly invitation to celebrate this wonderful mystery and to explore just what it means to worship the three-in-one. So why not dive headfirst in this year? As we begin this series on family, the Trinity is quite literally the perfect place to start. In the book of Genesis chapter 1, we get a glimpse of the eternal trinity. The spirit sweeps over the face of the waters as God the creator calls forth life. Now the earth was formless and empty. Darkness was over the surface of the deep and the spirit of God was hovering over the waters. And God said, let there be light and there was light. And if we were to head over to the gospel of John, the prologue, there also tells us that in the beginning was the Word, which became flesh in Jesus of Nazareth. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through him all things were made. Without him nothing was made that has been made. In him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. So really, to put it in another way, in the beginning was the divine family, the perfect family. 
So these three persons of the Trinity, God Creator, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit, they are all in perfect communion with one another. There is unique wi- uniqueness and unity. The love that flows from one to the other is pure, complete, eternal, and unconditional. They have always shared and will always share in mutual joy and peace. For one glorious chapter of the Bible, all creation is in harmony, and God's will is perfectly fulfilled. Can you picture what that must have looked like, what it felt like? Everything in perfect harmony, peace everywhere you go, joy and love, the dominating forces across everything, everywhere. As much as I try, and I like to think I have a pretty powerful imagination, but as much as I try, I just cannot completely get there. Probably because having never been witness to such a reality, it's hard for us to imagine something so foreign to us, so perfect. So let's pause for a moment to enjoy this amazing time in history. These moments of peace and love and joy and perfect harmony. All things brought together into being by God's will. And I want us to take this moment to enjoy this because, as we well know, things go downhill pretty quickly in the next chapter and then throughout the following chapters. God creates the first human family, and within just a few, a few short verses, they mess up, and they mess up pretty badly. They start to blame each other, and they hide in shame from God, as if anyone could ever truly hide themselves from God. And they exile themselves from the loving community of the Trinity. And then, for the rest of human history, God has worked and is working and will be working to bring God's children back into the family. Now, what follows in the book of Genesis is a series of stories about human families. And while these families, at least on the surface, might seem quite different from each other, whether because of size or location or power structure, there are some striking similarities that are strung throughout the stories. We're going to spend the next 10 weeks hearing about things like sibling rivalry, adultery, trickery, and betrayal. I have to admit, when I, when I hear that list, I am thankful for the family into which I was born, as well as the one which Sarah and I have created with God at the center. Guess we're kind of boring by comparison to some of the families in the Bible. We haven't dealt with much of that yet. Maybe a little sibling rivalry, but not to the extent that we will see in the future. But what we must remember as we go through this series is that 
throughout all the messiness of these human families, God continues the work of reconciling the world to God's self. God never gives up on the rest of the family. The whole story gives us hope that in the midst of our imperfect families and our messy lives, God is moving nevertheless to reunite us and all people into one divine family, a family founded on love and grace. Amen. I invite you to turn to pages 15 and 16 in your hymnal as we prepare to celebrate Holy Communion. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right and a good and joyful thing always and everywhere to give thanks to you, Almighty God, creator of heaven and earth. You formed us in your image and breathed into us the breath of life. When we turned away and our love failed, your love remained steadfast. You delivered us from captivity, made covenant to be our sovereign God, and spoke to us through the prophets. And so with your people on earth and all the company of heaven, we praise your name and join their unending hymn. Holy, holy, holy Lord, God of power and might, heaven and earth are full of your glory. Hosanna in the highest. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. Holy are you and blessed is your Son, Jesus Christ. Your Spirit anointed him to preach good news to the poor, to proclaim release to the captives and recovering of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed and to announce the time had come when you would save your people. He healed the sick, fed the hungry, and ate with sinners. By the baptism of his suffering, death, and resurrection, you gave birth to your church, delivered us from slavery to sin and death, and made with us a new covenant by water and the Spirit. When the Lord Jesus ascended, he promised to be with us always in the power of your word and Holy Spirit. On the night in which he gave himself up for us, he took bread, gave thanks to you, broke the bread, gave it to his disciples, and said, Take, eat. This is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. When the supper was over, he took the cup, gave thanks to you, gave it to his disciples, and said, Drink from this, all of you. This is my blood of the new covenant poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. And so in remembrance of these, your mighty acts in Jesus Christ, we offer ourselves in praise and thanksgiving as a holy and living sacrifice in union with Christ's offering for us as we proclaim the mystery of faith. Christ has died. Christ is risen. Christ will come again. Pour out your Holy Spirit in us gathered here and on these gifts of bread and juice. Make them be for us the body and blood of Christ, that we may be for the world the body of Christ redeemed by his blood. 
By your spirit, make us one with Christ, one with each other, and one in ministry to all the world until Christ comes in final victory and we feast at his heavenly banquet. Through your Son, Jesus Christ, with the Holy Spirit and your holy church, all honor and glory is yours, Almighty God, now and forever. Amen. And now, with the confidence of children of God, let us pray the prayer that Jesus taught us, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not to temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Because there is one loaf, we who are many are one body, for we all partake of the one loaf. The bread which we break is a sharing in the body of Christ. The cup over which we give thanks is a sharing in the blood of Christ. In the United Methodist Church, we practice open communion. And what that means is that this table doesn't belong to me, to this congregation, to our denomination. This table belongs to one alone, and that is Jesus Christ. And he has invited everyone to come and partake. It doesn't matter your age, your race, your ethnicity, your sexual orientation or identification, your financial standings, your social standings, your mental or physical ability, all those ways that we try to divide ourselves from one another, those boxes that we cram people into, that's not what he sees when he looks out. All he sees are beloved children of God and siblings that he loves. All he asks when you come forward is to do so with an open heart. This morning as you come forward, you will be able to take a small uh, cup of juice or wine as you will be given also a piece of bread and you can take your elements one of two ways. You can either dip the bread in the juice or wine and take them together. That's called intinction. Your other option is to eat the bread and then drink your juice or wine. They're the same thing. Neither one's better or going to get you a better grade on the end of all of this because there isn't one. I am going to refrain from serving communion this morning because I am fighting a cold and I do not want to pass that on. I want to share God's love and grace, not my germs. But brothers and sisters, the table is set. Come and taste that God is good.
Eternal God, we give you thanks for this holy mystery in which you have given yourself to us. Grant that we may go into the world in the strength of your spirit to give ourselves for others. In the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. If you would rise as you are able and join in our closing hymn number 528 in the red hymnal, Nearer My God to Thee, and we're going to do verses 1 through 3. Fellow siblings in Jesus, the eternal creator calls us, the risen savior sends us, the dynamic spirit empowers us. Go into all the world making disciples for Jesus Christ. May you always go in peace. And now through baptism, you are one with Christ. He will be with you always. Through baptism, you have received the Holy Spirit. She breathes into you a new life. Through baptism, you are sealed in the love of God, who will keep you forever. Amen. Mm -hmm.